there is um, this, this aspect of speaking truth um, in this declare, uh, where we're declaring war series, uh, the life of a wolf and the, and the wolf pack. Uh, I was reading, Josh had, had given me some uh, different resources, materials in, in preparation for this message. And uh, I got to looking at some of, there, there's this gentleman that had actually um, existed with a, a, a wolf pack uh, in a particular part of the country, and, and what he noticed after having been with them for six years, that there was a certain way that, that the wolves within the pack would communicate with one another. And, and sometimes it was just uh, aggression type, type things or, or how they interacted with one another, but oftentimes it was, it was a, a vocal or a howl maybe a, um, a yip or something like that, communicate, could communicate a variety of different things. He, he noticed when, when they were about to hunt, there was a particular howl that each wolf used. And other wolves would respond uh, accordingly, uh, maybe even at a different frequency, but, but they, there were some similarities there. And, uh, they, he noticed as well that after the hunt, there was a different type of howl that the same wolf previously made would make there was there was um in in their interaction uh with one another there was um towards the pups uh there was uh kind of some snipping or or yipping or or whatever and for those of you that that have dogs you've seen that even within your own pets but there's there's something about communicating like a speaking like a wolf that is uh, something that we can be a part of as well. As we're looking at this series, Josh last week was talking about thinking like a wolf. And if you were like me, as, as you were presented with this idea of like a wolf uh, in this I Declare War series, uh, you're, you, maybe your history is somewhat like mine. Uh, every, every time you've been exposed to a wolf, it's usually in a negative light. A lone wolf or... Uh, a pack of wolves or wolf in sheep's clothing, all those types of things. But the wolf is probably the most interactive and communicative animal in God's creation beyond us as his ultimate creation. And so as we're looking at the truths of, of the reality in speaking like a wolf, and I declare war, it's going to require that we see some things maybe a little bit differently than what we've seen them before, or at least that we start speaking more clearly and communicative. Uh, so in your Bibles, if you've got one, there should be one close to you on the, on the pew in front of you there. Um, the reality is we, we've, when we speak, I, I, if you're like me, and many of you are, you have communicated um, one way or the other. You've communicated truth or you've communicated a misbelief or a lie. And I don't think we often intentionally choose to lie or, or speak some untruth, but we do. And as 
I'm going to read a list of some of those uh, lies or untruths. I want you to hear those because I think some of you may have even said that. In fact, I was compiling this list over the last few weeks, and, and either I said this, somebody in my family said this, or maybe I've heard some of you say one of these things over the course of the last few weeks. Here we go. I am too young. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I always forget everything. And think about that phrase. I always forget everything. How do you know that? <laughs> if you, always, you wouldn't remember that you always forget everything. Um, I'm too nice. I'm not nice enough. I have too many addictions. I'm by myself. I have a family to think of. My parents are always riding me about things. My kids never make good choices. My grandkids do not visit me enough. I'm not happy. My job is so demanding. I'm overeducated for my job. I will never get that transfer. I don't want that transfer. Dumb old me. That was the stupidest thing I could do. Now again, I've said some of these things. Somebody in my family may have said some of these things. Some of you may speak these things even today. And you've, you've said that, and you've looked in a mirror, and you've said these things. The reality is, we need to speak truth. And the Gospel of John, which is in the New Testament, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These were four gentlemen who had eyewitnesses accounts of Jesus. The gospel writer John, uh, in chapter 8 of that gospel, speaks very clearly about an interaction that Jesus is having with some religious-type folks. These are folks that, that knew their heritage. These were folks that uh, understood who they were or thought they were. And so Jesus is interacting with them. And there's a couple of verses here that I'm going to challenge you to memorize. Because they do speak life into us. They do communicate truth. Uh, in, in chapter, the reality is our words have impact on us. And so Jesus said uh, here in verse 31 of chapter 8, says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You, see, you already memorized that. You, you knew that. Some versions uh, read that, uh, and you will be free indeed. So that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We need truth. We need to know truth. We need to communicate truth. There's the reality that our words do have impact on us. We need to make a distinct choice in communicating truth. The reality is, uh, from, from some of these simple statements, I'm too young or I'm too old, sometimes those are just excuses. I'm not smart enough. We'll get smart enough. Um, maybe 
uh, you're too nice or you think you're too nice. And that, that's, we're, we're, we have a, a, an aspect of truth and hope that we can have. And it's important that we look honestly in the mirror as we declare war on our speech so that we can communicate truth so that the truth can set us free. The reality of our words having an impact on us also is that our words have an impact on others. I can remember a particular story uh, of uh, having the reality, I keep using those words, but our words do have impact on others. I can remember a gentleman named Blackie. Uh, he was a part of our a church in, in uh, Arizona. And uh, we had just, it's interesting that Joe had mentioned about baptism and, and uh, cleaning the trough out and those types of things. Um, we had just done uh, Blackie's baptism. Now Blackie was, uh, he got the nickname honestly. <laughs> he was a crusty, crusty uh, truck driver. And he had uh, started coming to church. He had gotten into uh, knowing a, about who Jesus is and realized he needed to make a, a difference, make a change. And so he, he decided to do that and he changed. Got, he declared war and he, he started. And, and one of the things was he, he needed to get baptized. So we did that. As he's walking up out of the baptistry, he turns and says, Todd, how often do you drain this thing? And I said, I don't know that we ever drain it. Um, and, and he said, well, you need to now. <laughs> said, there's a lot of sin in there. <laughs> and you need to scrub her out good and give it a good rinse. Because I am different than I was before. Our words do have impact on us and on everybody else that we come in contact with. In back to the Gospel of John in chapter 8, this next section, part of Scripture, is kind of a fairly long piece, but it, it is some of the interaction that Jesus is having with these that understand maybe somewhat about their heritage, but they don't know their identity. And in, uh, starting in, in verse 33, it says uh, this. It says, but we are descendants of Abraham. That, that's what they thought they were and who, who they were. Uh, they said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the voice of your father. So Jesus is saying, you're, you're, you've got a different dad here. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. 
Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are uh, imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. Which, in their actual speech, is a dig. You see that? Jesus' identity, I'm sure, was somewhat known, or at least rumored about. Nobody really knew who his dad was. You remember that story? And so they're, they're taking and twisting the knife here a little bit, speaking this lie. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children, kind of like you. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was always hated, he's always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. I had a friend in ministry uh, back in Colorado that um, had a a son um, that uh, they had had a lot of heartache with. Uh, He... um, was prone to alcohol and uh, once he was under the, that influence um, he, he would make incredibly poor choices um, to the point where he eventually ended up in jail one of the dumb choices that he had made uh, early on or earlier on was he stole his mom's wedding ring to pawn it so that he could do some other things and when asked uh, what were you, th- when it was found out, what, what were you thinking? Well, I was going to pay it back. And, you know, this is a kid, doesn't have any job, doesn't have any, you know. It's interesting. <laughs> I was asking Gene, what, what, tell me, tell me a little bit about John. And he said, well, we figured out we could tell when, when John was lying. I said, really? How, how would you know that? His lips were moving. (laughs) The truth can set you free. The impact that our words have not only on us, and the impact that our words have on others can set us free. I used to be so irritated with with uh, sometimes my, my children when when nobody else's kids did this, I'm sure, but my kids would sometimes bicker with one another as they were growing up little and, and it was it was usually something like you're stupid you're ugly you have a big nose you know whatever it, it might be and, and it just crawled all over me and I wanted to make sure that I communicated with them truth that they knew truth 
And being a, a believer myself and also wanting that for my children, I wanted them to understand that God's identity is within them. His fingerprints are all over them. Because they were created in, in the image of God, they need to watch what they said. Because it was a lie. If they were to say, oh, you're ugly, I'm ugly, or whatever, and that's not true. Because you're created. He or she is created in the image of God. So you can't say that God's ugly. That's not true. You're mean, you've got a big nose, any of those types of things. That's not true. Our speech needs just be pure. I, I had the opportunity yesterday uh, being involved in a uh, Eagle Scout presentation for Andrew Leibarger. And one of the passages of Scripture that um, was read for, for that ceremony, I thought was so appropriate for this message in relation to our words having impact on others. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. In some passages, it talks about our words dripping with honey. There's, there's truth that can be experienced. There's hope that can be had because of what we say and how we speak. Our words have impact on others. Our words also have an in aspect of impact for eternity. In John chapter 8, back to our story here in the gospel, starting at verse 48, the story continues. And Jesus is uh, experiencing all this interaction with this group that, that identify themselves. And remember, they're a little sketchy on whose they are. The people retorted, You're, you Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He's the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. An aspect of eternity here because of truth. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And uh, are, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, I want to glorify myself, or glorify for myself. It doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he's our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. And if I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I was even born, I am. And the truth will set you free. 
I'm reminded of this story of a minister who had been um, asked to participate in a funeral service for one of the local businessmen who was fairly well-to-do financially. Uh, But the guy had made incredibly poor relational choices over the years. Poor business management, at at times uh, almost criminal uh, at other times. And uh, he, he was just, uh, his, his reputation was, was very sordid. He had cheated uh, businessmen. He had cheated his wife. He had mistreated his children. He had created an environment uh, to where it was just toxic around him. His brother, uh, as this gentleman had died, his brother had approached the minister and asked him, Hey, um, you're going to be doing the funeral uh, thing. I, I want to, um, I want you to communicate um, that, that actually he was a saint. And to help you understand that, um, we'll be making a sizable contribution to your church um, so that we just want that communicate. That, that would be a good send-off. That would be a communicating... And, uh, and so this minister had really wrestled with this because, yeah, his, his church could use the finances that, that were going to be offered. Um, and also knowing that if he didn't communicate that, then, then he ran the risk of, of not receiving those funds. The day of the funeral arrived, funeral service arrived, and he got and and he could not communicate what was requested in fact what he did was he said um joe smo whatever the guy's name was 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 actually not not a good man he cheated his business partners he um mistreated his children he cheated his wife he was a crook he was ugly towards many people he was just, just terrible. But of course, in comparison to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> the truth will set you free. There is some great things that are happening as a part of this church family that, that you're a part of. Again, we've got folks in Costa Rica. We've had life change take place um, in, in many. Uh, some even uh, will show a video here in, in just a little bit of, of some others. But it's going to take some drastic, drastic, maybe rewiring or rethinking about uh, how we speak and what we speak about. It's going to take some, some effort uh, in, in doing that. And so on in your bulletin, there are some I declare war steps or some options that are there that you can choose to do. You can do all of them if, if you wanted. You can do one of them if you were allowed to do that. The first one of those is that you would take and memorize John chapter 8, 31 and 32. That, that's the first passage that we looked at this morning uh, and the one that you've been uh, communicating back to me through the sermon. That you would know the truth and that the truth would set you free. 
So that's, that's one of those steps. Uh, another, uh, there may be somebody here that, that is needing to know truth as well. And you are um, wanting to maybe accept truth. Uh, last week during this service, uh, the second service on Sunday, uh, Sean Day came forward. Some of you remember that uh, from last week. She came forward and uh, sat down right, right about in there and uh, uh, with tears in her eyes was communicating truth that she didn't know what she was doing, didn't know why that she was um, having so much heartache associated with this I declare war. She'd been worshiping with us since Easter, Friend Day, that type of thing. So the last few months she's been coming to church. Uh, she came at, at the request of one of her friends who worships here. And she started uh, in telling us a little bit about some of the things she just, as someone who doesn't know a lot about church or how to do why we do things or how we do things. Um, the reality she, she did get figure out is what she did need to do was no truth. And so we got to talk with her some more and then this is what happened uh, Tuesday night. Brand new, brand new. That was Tuesday night. And um, as I had the opportunity, we, we were out in the parking lot prior to everybody getting here. I'd asked her, hey, it, it would be okay if, if we um, videotaped this, the baptism so that we could share with our church family the aspect of, of hope and the aspect of truth that we need to understand and experience that. And she said, oh, yeah, I just don't want to be in front of anybody. So that's what this was uh, in the video. Um, the reality is we can know truth, and the truth can set us because we can be free indeed. So in addition to maybe memorizing a passage of Scripture or for some of us choosing to follow in obedience in the act of baptism so we can experience freedom, Maybe we just need to shatter some things. Shatter some of the lies that we have. In your bulletin, there is a blank that you need to maybe fill in. There's a lie that you've been telling yourself. There's, there's something that you are struggling with that you, you're just not communicating well. And so you need to change something. So I'm going to ask you guys to thank you for standing clear there. You're going to need to... You're going to need to change something. And that is the aspect of the lies you've been telling yourself. You're not too old. You're not too young. You are who God has designed you to be so that you can follow faithfully and know truth so that the truth can set you free. And you can be free. Indeed. So fill in whatever that lie is that you've been telling yourself so that you can shatter that misbelief or that lie. Whatever that lie is, write that down. Some of us or many of us can just begin starting to practice communicating truth to ourselves, to those that we're, 
are around to somebody in our family because the truth not only it has an impact on us has an impact on everybody that we come in contact with and also has an impact for eternity the truth can set us free would you stand I know there's going to be a baptism here in just a moment because again the truth can set us free if you would like to respond have question want somebody to pray with you would you come down and consider and pray and talk because we want to pray with you we want to help you experience truth because god is so 